0: Hi everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Outdoor PM School podcast, where we explore product management careers in the outdoor industry. We talk with PMs from top outdoor industry brands and ask them about their career path, what it's really like to be a PM, and any advice they would give others aspiring to follow the same path. My name is Dawson Westensko, and I'll be your host. During this episode, I talked with Jeff Lanseal, the product manager from Rumpel. Jeff started off in a family-owned lighting business. He later completed a degree in graphic design at the Art Institute of Portland. Jeff was an early employee at the Viral Sunglasses brand Schwood before finding his current home at Rumpel. This episode is brought to you by OutdoorPMSchool.com, an eight-week online course designed for aspiring outdoor industry product managers. Check out OutdoorPMSchool.com to learn more about who we are and how we can help. Jeff, thanks for being here on the Outdoor PM School podcast. Excited to have you and am looking forward to learning more about your background and, uh, and your career in the outdoor industry. So right now, you are, just to give a quick introduction, you work at Rumpel as the product manager, but maybe yep. you can just give us a little bit of background about your career and kind of how you got into the industry and what your path has been.
1: Sure, yeah. And obviously, Dawson, thank you for having me. This is exciting. This is actually my first podcast. But yeah, I uh, grew up in Southern California, um, North County, San Diego. I actually kind of split time between my moms and dads, and she was uh, in this community called Canyon Lake, which was a like, water skiing, wakeboard community. So I oh, yeah. had a pretty awesome... Definitely was blessed with a pretty cool childhood. But yeah, um, yeah. and then my dad lived in Carlsbad. Um, so obviously... A ton of brands were there, more in the surf, surf and skate scene. Um, but early on, was just really aware of how tightly connected, you know, brands were to the outdoors and and what that meant uh, to me and the, and, the, and the people around me. So my peers, um, and then winners kind of consisted of Big Bear and and Mammoth mostly, a little mm-hmm. bit of. The- so just kind of always outdoor in those spaces, whether it be lakes or mountains, and and just have a real love for being up in the mountains, particularly. And, mm-hmm. and my geographic location and the hobbies that I chose as a kid just really kind of shaped an understanding for you know what it meant for a product to be good and to resonate with a brand. Really early on, it's a pretty unique path that I was able to take. I like I said, I grew up in Southern California and. I think I just had a pretty good aptitude for products. I was definitely kind of more on the technical side, even as a kid. Like I wanted to know how my bindings were made and how, like the different materials and what made them stronger or weaker, mm-hmm. even boards and how boards were produced. Um, so I definitely had an aptitude for just product knowledge in general pretty young. But I grew up, my dad had a lighting company called the Maryloom Brands. Um, And they manufactured light fixtures, both kind of for the energy and the high-end architectural markets. And then when I was there, I kind of got this invaluable experience of seeing a lighting brand or brands. Really, there was three different brands, but lighting brands and lighting products sort of work together symbiotically. I think it's still pretty rare to have worked in a space where the in-house factory is like literally on the other side of the door. Yeah. uh, I, I think that's a very unique um, portion of my background that that I definitely am, am blessed to have for sure because it definitely gives me a unique perspective and always has.
0: Yeah, it's, it's interesting too, you know, because some people from outside, like if you haven't been involved in this world before, someone might say, well, light fixtures isn't, you know, ski bindings or whatever. But what you learn is that, certain types of products have a lot of similarities, right? And product that is, I'm sure that there was a lot of um, metal fabrication and there is probably some CNC going on. There might have been some cast metal, you know, all these types of processes and procedures that are similar for other types of hard goods. And so learning that like tooling and what that development process is actually like for a physical good is super applicable, right? And if if anything... Yeah. That might be more applicable than, you know, working for a fashion brand. Like if you're not into, if you're, if we're not talking about apparel, right.
1: Lighting and lighting fixtures, like doesn't necessarily sound cool. Like when you think about it in in comparison to like what a outdoor brand looks like to its consumer, but as far as like you're saying the the hard goods space and how things are made, there really is just so many things that I picked up there. And one of the things that I really try and do, and you know, we'll probably get into this a little bit more when I think about product, is really trying to understand everybody that's involved in it and their perspective. So whether that be the, you know, I started in in the warehouse and and then moved into assembly, and then I was a QC manager. So These were, this was me kind of like learning what was important to all of those guys, even before the product got to the customer. Right. And that kind of gave me a really unique view because I was trying to solve really how I got into product design and, and product and light fixture, like engineering was, I was identifying so many different things that I wanted to change on the stuff that we were making in, in the assembly mm-hmm. that eventually the engineering department just like plucked me from assembly and was like, right. Hey, come in here and fix your own problems kind of thing. Right.
0: Well, um, well it's, And it's funny that you mentioned that. Cause for me, from the outside looking in like that collaboration piece, yeah, it's so important to product management. And so the yeah. fact that you've got these different experiences and I think, you know, I think very few people, go directly into product management. And I think in a lot of ways, the more experience you can have, like you said, whether it's sales in the warehouse that helps you understand the bigger picture and product management is all about big picture. Right? Totally. Totally. Yeah. A hundred percent. I agree.
1: The time that I spent there, I was so young. I started working there. I think when I was 16 and had kind of made the decision by like 21 ish um, that I just, I wanted to go do something cool, a little bit of like the rebellious kid mentality right there, because I was working for my dad so young that I just felt like I didn't pave my own path. Mm-hmm. Um, so that led me to Portland. I, I moved up to Portland with uh, my wife and two young kids. Um, we had we had our kids pretty young and kind of just were looking to identify what would you know what our careers were going to be, and went to graphic design school in Portland. During my time there, I went through all the traditional design courses and, and got a great appreciation for the art of design. But towards the end of it, I was looking for everything I could do project-wise that was dimensional. I was like right. trying, trying to like massage a, a project brief to be about packaging or environmental design or trade show bills or you name it. Just anything that had spatial and human elements to it just mm-hmm. switched me on way more. I, that, yeah. that, to me, it was pretty evident by my fourth year in college that I needed uh, kind of this tactile um, touch to my work. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And then uh, while during that time, I was fairly connected in, I actually worked at Zoomies when I first moved up and that was intentional just for meeting people to snowboard with. Yeah. Uh, nice. And just worked there for one holiday season to, um, I, I had had friends that were in retail back home. And so I was pretty familiar with that environment and was like, what the heck? I've never done retail. Let's, let's do it first season. I can meet some people to snowboard with. And during that time I had kind of connected what would end up being the core group that started Shwood, I yeah. Um and kind of towards the end of my school um, stayed pretty close to them and what they had going on in the early, uh, early year or two of Schwood before it was officially a company. And then it was sort of just right place, right time kind of thing. Um, getting into being involved with that group, not officially at the beginning, but then, uh, it, it ended up turning out that they could use a lot of help from the, Really, from my background, understanding how to design something that was scalable in production and trying to understand production, all these guys were essentially from mostly from marketing and uh, entrepreneurial type backgrounds, but not right. necessarily had any knowledge of production prior right. to that. So mm-hmm. it was a steep learning curve for them, and and they blew up overnight. Like, what was a crazy um, crazy growth? curve like it was literally one weekend and uh somebody had posted what opened up like to friends and family just to basically troubleshoot some stuff on the website and mm-hmm. got a hold of it and by the next weekend they were like back ordered and stayed in back order for like four years well, seriously <laughs> yeah, yeah wow. it, it was all uh u.s based manufacturing and they had yeah. they had no um they had no real, like, scalable plan for production at the time because they were still just testing yeah. the product. Um, I mean, they had intended on growing production for sure, but it just the timing of it was was crazy. They had they had forced themselves to learn production really fast.
0: Mm-hmm
1: enjoyed all those guys. Like I said, I befriended most of them through either through school or, or the events that they were doing. Um, Cause they had produced a couple of those guys had produced some snowboard events while they were still in school. And I got, you know, hooked up through those guys and, and those events. So I, it was pretty cool to like, see this thing blossom from scratch, something that I didn't really see growing up from my dad's side of things. So it was really cool to just see this idea all of a sudden turn into something real. Yeah. Um, so I have a lot of affinity for Wiley at rumple and his story and where that comes from now that I've, you know, I, I can relate a lot to it um, being a part of that um, course would uh, group as well.
0: Yeah. But yeah. So how long, how long were you at Schwood? Or I was there a- almost 10 years. Oh, wow. Yep. Very cool. Yeah. And I, I
1: kind of started, like I said, I started kind of in the design and production environment, which made a lot of sense for where they were at and really felt like the back of my hand. Um, and it was super fun to kind of get involved in in the production space, knowing that it was from a design mindset. Um, mm-hmm. And then once product, production, Ashwood kind of leveled off and sort of became self-managed, I transitioned more into a purely just a product role. Uh-huh. Um, and then by the time I had left there, I was running both the sun and optical product lines. Um, she had kind of a three pronged product line manager. It was, it sort of consisted of the sales director, Dan, myself, um, from a product design side, and then the inventory and sourcing manager, um, Phil, we kind of tag team that to be as efficient as possible. I think some of the stuff we'll get into in, in the podcast today is just the efficiencies of how important efficiencies are for a small brand, um, yeah. trying to scale and and trying to be as lean with your decisions as possible.
0: Very cool. So, in that, would you did you consider yourself a product manager at that time, or was it more of a product design? I, I think by the end, I mean, but definitely by the end, I I had kind of
1: had um, transitioned into what they called the product director, mm-hmm. um, and we had really three designers: me and and one other guy, Rob Ferguson, were the main two designers, and and then I was doing all the product planning, the mm-hmm. Line assortment, um, you know the backend product data and tech sheets and all that stuff, and making sure that we're meeting all the like financial goals of the products and stuff like that. So
0: okay. so you um, were kind of doing all three, right? You were doing the product sort of the product strategy and some of the, some of the nitty gritty like systems work you were doing the design as part of the strategy. Right. And then were you also developing the product as well? Yeah, it was,
1: oh, I mean, yeah, it was, it was a lot of development. Um, yeah. I think um, similarly at, at Remple as well. I think when you're a small brand and, you are trying to be lean, you can create a position that's a product manager that also either helps or fully handles um, the development side as well. I mean, it really depends on the complexity of the product. If you talk to a footwear uh, product manager, they would definitely disagree. Um, uh-huh. It just kind of depends on the you know the many stages of, of how the product is created and footwear development is completely different than um, what we're doing at Rumpel or what we're doing at Schwood. But yeah, there was, there was a lot of development going on. Um, I was definitely an expert in every German and Chinese hinge and right. all, all the lens technology and everything else um, uh, by the end of my time there. So yeah. it was, it, it was uh yeah, it was design development and management all yeah. kind of rolled into one role for sure.
0: Cool. And so you were, like you said, you were there for about 10 years and then moved into, did you go there directly to Rumpel?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of, you know, I just had felt like my time was, was up there and, and we were kind of transitioning a bunch of stuff at Schwood as far as like the plan for their future and like what it needed to look like team wise. And Mm -hmm. like, I, you know, it was a good time to look elsewhere. And, and I really did want to get into the outdoor industry it was always a passion of mine when i was younger and and was hoping that you know in portland it's a great region for that so i had a lot of a lot of options for Mm -hmm. places to to drop my resume right you know, everywhere from the big guys to the little guys. So um, I'm super happy that I landed at Rumpel and the great team here. And,
0: and how did you land at, at Rumpel? What was, the, was that a job posted online? Was that no, networking? it, was, or it was that
1: through network, yeah. So um, a, a mutual friend um, and great um, business, small business owner, Jason Bolt. He owns uh, Revant Optics. So I obviously met him through the eyewear space and the fact that we were both in the same town, we, we shared a lot of common knowledge and, and helped each other it was good, good timing and, and really a perfect fit in my opinion for just what I enjoy about product and brand. And um, I definitely enjoy the small entrepreneurial space of a small brand. Um, mm-hmm. and just all the craziness that comes along with that. I think it makes the job super fun. So
0: you're coming from a similar small company where you're going to have to wear a lot of hats, you know, a little bit, I don't know if rumple was further along at that time, uh, compared to should, but you know, you landed in a similar role that was sort of all inclusive, right? design development, um, yeah. product management kind of all in one, which is which is interesting. And I think, you know, again, I think a lot of people either kind of come from the top and work for a big company and they work their way down, or they kind of work their way down or start start on the on the smaller brand side and they get, you know, the full breadth. And both of them have totally different learning experience and opportunities, right? But but a fantastic way to just see all of the product process and have and have a ton of ownership in that type of an environment, yeah. right? Yeah, I always I always joke
1: around with people that I'm saving. I'm saving Nike, the job at Nike, for when I'm ready to go out. You know, <laughs> get the cush job with all the sweet benefits and lighter workload, and then and then piece out and go disappear somewhere.
0: Right. Yeah. No, not not a bad plan. When you got into Rumple, what was your first six months like in that role as a new PM?
1: Yeah. So I came into the role in August, which. For everybody that understands, product calendars is a pretty hectic time for, um, for most outdoor brands. They're on a two-season year. So August is pretty crazy. Um, and my first day at Rumpel was actually on a plane flying to Asia. So a uh, very <laughs> unique, intense introduction to textiles and that whole space and what Rumpel was um, okay. and what made it special. And we were on, we were on a trip basically to finalize fall 20 top of production and then look at packaging. And that's, what's cool about a small brand. Like literally my first day on the job, I shared a hotel room with the CEO.
0: It's funny. I, uh, when I started at Oboes which again is, is a pretty small brand, relatively speaking, uh, I was in Seattle at the time and Oboes was in Bozeman, yep. but they had a design office in Portland. And so we were actually meeting for a seasonal kickoff. So oh, cool. I, my first day on the job was driving down from Seattle, and then I spent three days in a house in Hood River uh, with the whole company, <laughs> kind yeah. of doing doing a kickoff meeting. So
1: I, kickoff product.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so I, you know, n- not on a plane to Asia, but I definitely, that's more of an experience you're likely to get at a small brand yeah. compared to a big brand, right?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I, I consider, I mean, going back to the first six months, I consider that like a huge blessing in terms of like the accelerated education that I got. Um, and also meeting everybody, like it's pretty invaluable to meet the people that you're working with on the other side of the globe on day one and, and create those like relationships face to face. Um, I think it was a huge value in, uh, so much of what I'm doing now, what I'm working on, I think is helped by the fact that I've met all these people and hung out and went to dinner and, yeah. you know, a little party and less and things like that. So um, I think that's I think that's super invaluable. And And then just quickly soaking up textile terminology, production processes, like obviously still learning that every day because it's such a huge transition from. Hard goods to soft goods, but yeah. definitely a crash course in in uh, in textiles for sure. Yeah, I'd say outside of that, uh, my first six months have been mostly mostly focusing on shoring up all the little holes in the product department and really trying to like structure it in a way that it is scalable and and can support like as we look at Rumble from a team perspective in every other department and where Rumble's at right now. And, and the trajectory that we all um, feel like we're on it's, it just needed to be as robust as all the other departments. and and that, so that turned into a lot of looking at organization and systems and what software we were using and which ones we were overusing and which ones we didn't need to use, things like that. Mm-hmm. I'm just collaborative, um, And as a whole, the team at Rumpel is, which is super awesome. Giving structure and more visibility to the rest of the team for the product department was definitely a big need right out the gate. I think just connecting marketing ops, all those guys with a little bit more visibility of where we're at on a regular basis was was pretty important. That and then, you know, I think I mentioned this earlier, but obviously a huge part of growth um, and success for a small brand is not being over leveraged on inventory, especially with Rumple It's pretty unique because they were D to C started out as a Kickstarter brand and then was D to C. Um, and they turned a huge percentage of their product line over every season. Um, and, and as they transitioned into a wholesale brand and connecting with wholesale partners, all the way up the chain from small, all the way to like your REIs and, mm-hmm. and people like that. It, it was pretty evident to them that, you know you can't turn over that much product because you've got retailers that have product on the shelves that now you've made this product obsolete or you know discontinued or whatever. Mm-hmm. and cr- creates a value issue for the product that the partners have on the shelf. So um, a key project, pretty much the day I got back from Asia, a key pro- project was um, implementing a wholesale like carry support strategy and kind of creating some guide rails for what, how much of the product line we're going to carry over, how much of it is, you know, kind of mainstay evergreen, um, what we call immortal product. And, and then how much of it is your core product that's going to last for a few seasons. And then how much of it is going to be seasonal. And, um, that, you know, all this stuff is not super sexy. Um, but it definitely was the first six months. It was, putting all the guide rails and and systems in place to where I can do what I'm doing now, which is be as, as efficient with the product line as, as possible.
0: Yeah. I think that experience of working for a small brand is, is pretty common and I've had that experience in the past as well. Smaller brands just, you know, they typically don't have the processes and structures in place to make product development run smoothly because they've just kind of been running by the seat of their pants, making new product in the past. And so, you know, I think that's, that's a really important role, whether it's sexy or not, it's really important role for, that a product manager plays. And again, I think that's part of what you're signing up for uh, in a lot of instances when you're, when you're getting started with a new brand.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think uh, at the end of the day, product line efficacy and margins are some of the most important parts of a small brand, making it to that next level and hitting those longer term goals. So just feeling like you are comfortable and have a workflow that makes sense. Um, I think is just part of that job, part of that entry period. Um, when you come into a, a role like this for sure.
0: Yeah. And, and product development can be hectic. Some like I think product development is hectic regardless of what you do, but it can be much more hectic if you don't have some sort of basic parameters right in place that can kind of just help bring a little bit of, Uh, sanity to to that situation sometimes so yeah for sure so for you uh, you know what was the biggest surprise as you got into that role something
1: the biggest surprise coming to rumple was actually how small the team is um and you know it's it's crazy like really inspiring to watch any one person at rumple do what they do and the output that they have um it's i think just they've done a great job of finding really great people for all their different roles that have this kind of genuine excitement about the brand and the possibility of what it can be. But it's only a team of like 12 or 14 people Mm -hmm. for everything. So, um, that, that was pretty surprising to me. Um, just looking outwardly, you know, coming into it and, and meeting them for the first time—that was probably the biggest surprise. And then, um, besides that, you know, I—I I was pretty familiar with the brand, um, but ha- prior to getting hired, so I kind of wasn't surprised by much else. Um, I, I understood the product, I understood its kind of place in the world and and within the outdoor space, and kind of this emerging market that it carved for itself. Um, and a lot of that felt pretty familiar coming from Schwood um, and having a similar kind of niche origin story, um, and ultimately carving out a, a a new market and, and kind of staking claim to that. So all of that was, was pretty similar for sure.
0: Yeah. And uh, what's, what's your favorite part of product management?
1: Um, for me, I, I like the whole path of product. I like watching, being in this vantage point of watching it from conception and being this dreamy idea um, of what a product's going to mean to somebody um, or what it's going to do. Um, and then just watching it blossom into the consumer's hands. I think, additionally, one of the best things that can ever happen is like getting your sample right on the first round is a pretty killer
0: feeling. <laughs> I've never had that happen before. so I I wouldn't know.
1: (laughs) It definitely, it it takes a while of understanding your product. I think Rumpel's products fairly similar or simple. Uh Uh, It's pretty technical as far as the actual materials being used, but the construction of it's very simple and, and the processes that are being used to create most of the product line Uh uh, are fairly dialed. Um, and even were fairly dialed prior to me coming in. Um, so I've already hit a few home runs um, at Rumpel, but definitely at Schwed, like in my later years at Schwed, uh, once you understand a lot of what you're doing and, and what you're using and being efficient with trying to use the same hardware across things so that you don't get new surprises and things like that, I think, um, yeah, it's a pretty good feeling when you hit it out of the park the first time around.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's amazing. Uh, it's rare, very rare, but it's very it is, rare. which is why it feels so good. Right. (laughs) Right. That's right. (laughs) So out of all those projects, is there one that stands out in your mind as being, this is the one you're the most proud of or, or yeah.
1: Um, I think the, the project we did at Schwood with Louisville slugger, the first collection that we did with them, um, we did a ton of collaborations and they were all super cool and, and really fun to work with other brands, uh, very, similar thing going on at Rumpel as well. Um, I think it's a part of small brand ethos is sort of sharing like-mindedness and trying to grow your customer base. Um, But that project we did with Louisville Slugger, just it felt special and timeless and like genuinely unique in the market. There was nothing like it. And there was no story created where two brands from these opposite, couldn't be more opposite spaces um, came together and made a pretty cool collection. And then, as far as stuff we've worked on at Rumple, I've only been here for nine months. So, all I can say is fall 21 is going to be fire. But oh, uh, awesome. But uh, I think getting to do the finishing touches on the NASA stuff that we just dropped at Rumple um, was pretty fun. It's fun to have a little bit of um, my fingerprint on that project. Um, it was cool to watch that unfold being more of a lifestyle or fashion market kind of focused product, um, which was a little bit of a unique market for Rumpel and trying to spread their wings into that space. Um, and Rumpel getting to be featured on Beast for the first time is pretty cool. And to be a part of that, um, we've been featured on Beast a fair amount of times through the years at, at Schwood, and it was always exciting to like, get lifestyle recognition, um, mm-hmm. not just from high but from, you know, uncreate and, uh, all the other blogs that, you know, show unique product. Um, but pretty cool experience, um, to at least have a little bit of my fingerprint on. I pretty much just finished up on a couple trim things. Um, when I came in for NASA and that was, that, that thing was buttoned up.
0: Yeah. Very cool. Uh, so for you, what do you think makes a great PM if there's one one skill or one attribute that you think is the most important or that's been the most important to your success?
1: Um, I think everybody's different in how they approach product management. Like you said, everybody comes from a different background and ends up in product management. It's not something you'd like necessarily like put a traje- trajectory on. Um, but I think for me at least, I think empathy is the biggest Trait. I think having strong opinions is super important and knowing when you feel like you're right and you want to stick with it and, and challenge other people's um, thoughts. But ultimately, um, a product's going to turn out the best when you can empathize with others. And I'm talking like the production team, the marketing team, the boots on the ground sales guys, and then obviously the end consumer, you need to understand that pretty well. Um, But challenging yourself to put yourself in their shoes in and in as genuine a way as possible. And from their perspective, I think is the most important thing to creating something that's, that's not just a gimmick and, and a product that actually means something to somebody that they're going to use for a long time.
0: Yeah, no, that's, I think empathy is great. And at the beginning, when we talked about your experience doing these different jobs, I think yeah. that helps build empathy I spent two years doing direct sales um, on job sites for construction. Yep. And you know when i when I made the move into product management, it really gives you a different perspective on the world. And again, I think you can empathize better with end users. You empathize more with the sales folks. And ultimately, understanding and empathizing with the user is the ultimate trait, you know to be able to to to, to do that in a way that is meaningful and that drives to real a uh, compelling product, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, that's actually probably one of the magic ingredients in Rumple's team right now is that there, there's probably the majority of the entire team as a fan and user of Rumple and probably would be without having that job, Um yeah. being able to put yourself in the consumer shoes. Luckily we're all essentially are the consumer that we're going after. Um, So it helps for sure. But, um, but yeah, being empathetic to whatever customer you're going after and the more you can understand what the product's going to mean to them. Um, I I think that's, that's a huge trait for sure.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Any, any books that you've read that have helped you in your career or in product management? Okay. First off, I'm a terrible
1: reader and I don't, um, you know, I, maybe that's like my ADD product <laughs> like makes me have to go back and reread chapters. Right. <laughs> um, I think through like early years of Schwood, um, I think tipping point was a pretty influential book, yeah. uh, really trying to understand that psychology and, and how, um, you know, how a product can hit that point, um, I think was super influential and trying to understand the bigger picture of, what consumer products are, or any products really, but particularly consumer products. And then uh, outside of that, Rumpel just gifted our the whole team, uh, Let My People Go Surfing. Um, so hopefully I can get into that. I've always been a big fan of Patagonia, their brand. Obviously, they're a huge leader in this industry that we're all um, that we're all a part of and, and, you know, kind of following their intentions of trying to be counter to the culture of consumption and, mm-hmm. and using their brands and their business to, to do that, um, I think is super inspiring. So yeah. both uh, books. Book, uh, yeah. I, I haven't read it yet. I'm super excited um, to read it. So, and it's, it's the newer edition. So it has kind of uh, up to date um, information kind of in the last 10 years, what's been going on because the book's, yeah, you know, the first is fairly old and and having that additional stuff in there is gonna be pretty interesting.
0: Cool. Yeah, and the and the tipping point is Malcolm Gladwell, just for anyone yeah. out there listening, and Let My People Surf or Go Surfing. I can't remember the exact title is Yvonne Shenard. Yeah. Uh one that's been mentioned by a few different people. So definitely a, a, a great read on culture and on um kind of having a having a vision for a brand and for an organization. Super good read. Yeah, I'm excited for sure. Any tools that you use, uh, frameworks, apps? Mm-hmm. That you're like, man, this this helps me do my job better.
1: Um, I think one that's new to me at Rempl is using Backbone um, PLM, uh, which is uh, essentially a database for product, and you build all your tech packs and and import everything you've built everywhere else um, is something I'm learning the value of. At first, I was I was actually pretty. Uh, against it in the workflow and I think it was mostly because I wasn't used to it and, and where it fit, but I'm really enjoying the workflow between Adobe Illustrator, Backbone, and then like Google sheets from a data and and sort of product information uh, space. So I spend most of my time in those three applications. Um, I build obviously build like visual line plans and product CADs and everything in Illustrator. Um, like I said, it's a pretty simple product that we're building at Rumpel for the most case. Uh, there's a couple things where, um, you know, having the 3D background is, is helpful, whether it be like retail displays or even like the poncho uh, that we do and uh, things like that. It, it helps to understand 3D for sure. And having that background um, from eyewear as well as light fixtures definitely helps me of a leg up in those spaces but for the most part i'm an illustrator mm-hmm. everything's fairly 2d right um, and then google sheets is a pretty powerful tool just in the sense of collaboration and how people can be in one sheet at the same time and we mm-hmm. can kind of, we can all simmer around the you know like i said the not sexy stuff about product and and look at it all together and sort of work through the the economics and the problems that right. uh, Exist with product,
0: yeah, especially in the world of remote work, right? Which yep. is what, what everybody's doing now and and kind of learning and, and figuring out. Yeah. yeah, Backbone PLM is one that I've I've heard a lot about. I haven't used it myself. Yeah, um, definitely use different PLM software. It seems like Backbone's getting some traction and and is is getting pretty popular with with a lot of outdoor brands. So that's that's good to hear.
1: Yeah, it's, I, I mean it's pretty flexible. we we're, we're using maybe less than half of its capability if that Um, there's a lot of different ways you can go at it like for instance we don't use like the colorways function inside the products um, just because all our SKUs are unique by colorway anyways and Mm -hmm. it's we're not going super deep in colorways for a single product and it would it would make it would make it more complicated to have one product that has thirty colors instead of just thirty different products that I can look up individually. So, right, right, everything like live updates, anyways. So if I make an edit to one component, all thirty of those are going to change, anyways. Right. Doesn't really matter. But anyway,
0: that's kind of nitty gritty. But yeah, it's a it's
1: a pretty pretty cool software for sure.
0: Cool. So you know, I'm sure you have people reach out to you and and you sort of talk to people who say, Oh, that sounds really cool, you know, to work in the industry and work in product. What advice do you have for people who are looking to follow the same path or, or get into product management in the outdoor industry?
1: Um, I think there's a lot of top card answers to this, but for me personally, um, it was when I think about its global supply chain, like not really, Needing to get into that, both at uh, AmeriLum as well as at Schuud in the early days, um, a lot of what was being done was in-house and local supply, um, and not really understanding the difficulty of, of global supply chain and you know how everything changes, like you know, from the language barrier to the lead times to, um, I mean, really everything. Um, so. Getting to that game a little late, um, I would say, as far as understanding how development goes and uh, not being great with timelines in the, in the early product management days, for sure, because I was so used to pretty much being able to turn around something, an idea or, or a material or something, being able to turn it around in a week's time, mm-hmm. and then to completely shift my workflow to accept these longer
0: um, development cycles. Right. Yeah. Very cool. Thanks again for being here and for taking the time. I really appreciate it. I think people will learn a lot from your background and, and experience. What's the best way for people to connect with you or, or to get in touch?
1: Um, I think the easiest one's LinkedIn. Um, definitely feel free to reach out and try and connect on there. i pretty open to creating new connections and um, you can go through Rumple's website if you want to do it that way too. Awesome.
0: Cool. Thank you again, Jeff. Uh, Really appreciate the discussion today. Thanks for for being here and have a good rest of the day. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. It was super fun. This episode is brought to you by OutdoorPMSchool.com, an eight-week online course designed for aspiring outdoor industry product managers. Check out OutdoorPMSchool.com to learn more about who we are and how we can help.